Hi, this is Dan Smith, and this is God Talks for OC Grace Online University. Welcome to God Talk again. This is number three. We're doing these 10 minute talks about all the great questions that are there about the character of God. And I hope that you've watched the first two. This one, we're going to wrestle with the question, the famous question, why did Jesus have to die? There's an old story that an old TV host here, Dan Rather, I read in a book that he wrote called The The Eye Never Blinks. He was a college student down in Texas somewhere, and he worked at a one-man radio station. So if you worked there eight hours and you needed something to eat, you would have to put on something. He would put on a 30-minute record, if you remember records. And he would put on a sermon, usually, race off to get a sandwich and come back. So one day he put on a 30-minute sermon of a Baptist preacher, a hellfire brimstone preacher. Jump in the car, went to get a sandwich, came roaring back, pulled into the parking lot. Owner's car is in the parking lot. And the owner comes up to him and he says, where you been? I went to get a sandwich. Do you know what happened while you were gone? And evidently there was a scratch on the record. And so it had been stuck in that one groove. And this Baptist preacher had been shouting over the hills of Texas, go to hell, go to hell, go to hell. Go to hell. Too good to be true, I know, but true story. Nobody wants to go to hell. So the Baptist preacher was saying they were all going to go to hell and they didn't accept Jesus dying on a cross for their sins. Cemeteries everywhere, all over the world. I've been to many. Crosses everywhere. Why do they put crosses? Why don't they put money or your degrees or your house or cars or something else? They put a cross because they believe the cross is the only way to come out of there alive and they can see their loved one again. But does anyone really understand why Jesus had to die? Why does that have to happen? How can one person die for someone else? Who said that somebody has to die for God to be able to forgive? We all forgive. Jesus said, Father, forgive them before he died, the people killing him. So it doesn't look like Jesus needed anybody to die in order for him to forgive. And God is supposed to be like Jesus. So what's going on? There used to be a group of boys. After church, you know, while the old people were talking, they would go down to the corner of the parking lot and they would tell jokes. And they would tell a joke and they would all laugh. Another one would tell a joke. After a while, they told all the jokes they knew and they would tell them again. And they were still funny and they would laugh. Finally, they got the idea they loved these old jokes so well, they gave them numbers. They wouldn't have to tell the whole joke. But if you told them number four, everyone knew number four was, and remember how funny it was, and they would all laugh. But over time, you can guess what happened. They couldn't remember what number four was. They knew four was funny, but they had no idea. Is that what's happened with the cross to us? We can put it up on a church, in our lobby. People wear them around their neck. It's a symbol we sing about near the cross, the old rugged cross. But does anyone really know what does it mean? Why did Jesus have to die? We've all heard the stories. Remember the story of the bridge? Made a little movie out of it. This father is in charge of turning the train bridge. So the boats could go usually, but then when the train was coming, he would have to turn it so that the train could go across. 
He's getting ready to do it. The boat, the train is coming. When he's horrified, he sees his 10-year-old boy running down the tracks, wants to be with his dad. They've done everything together. That is his son. What are you going to do? The son that you love, your only hope, or the train of strangers. But in the movie, this man goes in there and he takes a big wheel and he begins to turn the gears. And the tracks bridge moves and the train goes rolling across. Then he comes back out and he looks up and down the tracks and they're empty. The sun is gone. And of course, the implication is that's what the father did for us. For God gave his only begotten son. But why? They've argued about it for 2,000 years. One view focuses mostly on God, the God-centered atonement, we call it. That there's something in God that needs the cross. God hates sin. He can't stand sin, so he makes the penalty death for sin. has to be serious. Our sins offend God's honor, and God's honor has to be satisfied, and somebody has to die. But God doesn't want anybody to die, so he sends his own son. It's called the satisfaction model, the legal model, many different words. God has to be satisfied. Only when God sees the blood is he free to forgive. The other model focuses on man, on us. That God isn't the problem. God doesn't care about his honor. We're the ones who have gone away from God. We have forgotten what it means to know the love of God. And so... We are the ones who have gone away from God, and the cross has to bring us back to God, not God back to us. And you think about the stories in the Bible. The prodigal son. The son leaves the father's presence. He parts away all his money, ends up with the pigs. And all of a sudden, he decides, this is not too good. Maybe home is better than this. Maybe it's not as bad as I thought. So whose mind needs to be changed? Was it the father's mind about the son or the son's mind about the father? And everybody tells me it's the son's mind about the father. It's our minds that need to be changed. Why does Jesus even tell us the story? It's to change our mind about the father. Hosea, you know the story, what they call an acted parable. God says to Hosea, go down and marry a prostitute. No, I don't want to marry a prostitute, God. No, I want you to do that. He goes down and marries the prostitute and brings her home. They have children. She goes back to prostitution. Go back and get her again. No, God, look what she did to me. No, go and get her again. And what is God trying to say? It's called an acted parable. God is trying to convince Israel. I am like that. No matter how many times you cheat on me, how many times you're unfaithful to me, I will always take you back. Who is the story for, the parable for? Is it for God to know some truth about the people? Or is it for the people to know some truth about God? And everyone says it's about God. And Brian McLaren, who wrote a sermon about this, says, that's what the cross is. The cross is not to somehow bring God back down to us, but it's to explain something about God for our minds. It is not for God to see something more clear. It's for us to see some more truth about God. What about the man born blind? Jesus touches his eyes and he says, I don't know everything, 
but I know this. <laughs> I was blind, but now I see. Not for God to see us better, it's for us to see God. The first thing he saw was the face of Jesus. That's all God wants is for us to see him. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Religion is something you see. You see that God is just like Jesus. The moment that Jesus died, the veil rips from top to bottom in the sanctuary. Was it for God to see out from the Ark of the Covenant? Or was it for us to see in? And now we have a way clear to God. And Hebrews says, now let us approach the throne of God with confidence. Because now we know. There's an old story. I first heard it from HMS Richard, who used to do his talks on Voice of Prophecy. Here in America in 1863, we had the Civil War between North and the South. Brothers against brothers. There was a terrible battle called Gettysburg. 50,000 people killed and wounded. After three days, the armies were gone, North and South, blue and gray. The piles of dead and wounded people were all over the battlefield. And about dusk, an old man was there with his lantern. And he was calling out, John Hardman, John Hardman, thy father is calling thee. He was a Quaker. Then he would listen to see if he could hear the voice of his son. He knew his son fought in that battle somewhere today. Didn't know what happened. His farm's close by. He went from pile to pile calling, John Hardman, John Hardman, thy father is calling thee. Some people got mad, go away, old man. Other people said, boy, I wish it was my dad looking for me. All of a sudden, a voice came from one of the piles. Father, it's me. I'm over. I'm over here. I'm still alive, dad. And the father, with his lantern, he went racing over there the fastest he could. And he put that lantern down and pulled those other bodies off. And he got his son. And he grabbed his son and put him over his shoulder. And he took him home. That father didn't care which side the son fought on that day. He didn't even care who won the battle that day. All he cared about was to get his son back home. And HMS Richards used to say, and there are crowds all over the country, your name may not be John Hartman tonight, but you also have a heavenly father who is going over the battlefield of life, calling your name, calling for you, and he wants to take you home. Maybe he's calling you. This is God Talk number three. Thank you for joining us. I hope you'll join all the others. We're going to do 20 of these all together. Listen to them all. God bless you.